they really understand the what, the why, and the how, what the strategy is, why it's important, and then how they're going to execute it or how they fit into the execution. That really tends to be the, the, the key ingredients into um, a successful turnaround. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor, and today I'm joined by Bill Hall, who is the president of Simulation Studios. Bill, how's it going today? Hey, Anthony, I'm doing great, and thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to learn more about the cool work that you do. I normally... It's not that I try to avoid people who do strategy because <laughs> I, I'm okay that we have competitors because there's enough of space in the market. Yeah. What I thought you do is so cool. I thought your experience is so cool and unique. And so I was just, I'm really just excited to dish. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, some of the organizations that you've worked with, and then how did you get into Simulation Studios? Sure. Well, yep. Thank you for having me, as I said before. And yes, competition is a good thing. <laughs> that means that, you know, there's a need and competitors are not enemies. They're oftentimes friends and complement each other. So very nice to be here and thanks for having me. So Bill, uh, what do I do? What's my background? So background is kind of a little bit unusual, I think, for what a traditional kind of strategy consultant might do. So my background is mostly in high-tech turnarounds. And those turnarounds included the fun, uh, adventurous years at Apple from, I don't know, 90 to 2003 when, you know, there's a big, big, huge turnaround, which most people know about. And then from there went on to turn around companies like AOL, Nortel, Skype. So it's been fun. It's been a great ride. And that's actually how I wound up getting into this. Cause one of the things I learned through doing turnarounds is that you can oftentimes have the world's best strategy, but if you can't get people aligned behind executing that strategy, that's a big challenge. And so interestingly enough, I learned that the best way to kind of get alignment, interestingly, is usually through um, corporate leadership development. So that's kind of the background and how I got here. See, and what do you do now? So now, as I said, I'm president of Simulation Studios. And kind of the, the easiest summary on that one is, you know, today's leadership development requirements, they're really tough. They're really complicated. It's this mix of behavior plus strategy plus business, really, really complicated stuff. So Simulation Studios uses business simulations and leader-led development to really increase engagement, relevancy, and really the applicability, which hopefully results in greater employee retention, application, and participant excitement. Really around, as I said before, today's incredibly complex uh, requirements. Cool. So if we go back to the turnaround days, what do you think were some of like the ingredients that made them successful? And like, what do you think when you went in, you say, okay, here's my main focus here. Here are the levers that I need to pull in order to move the changes that I want forward. Yeah. So I'll kind of break that into two pieces. The first part would be what are the requirements for success? And most strategies are really good. I mean, assuming that people have taken time and a lot of thought and a lot of energy into writing the strategy, the challenge is they spend a lot of time making those strategies, but not a ton of time really focusing on executing the strategy. How are you going to execute it? You know, what's it going to look like? 
And that's where both the success and the failure kind of intersect, right? And the successful executions or turnarounds that I've seen spend a lot of time on that execution component. And a big part of that really is making sure that the right people are in the right place. And that's kind of a given. I think most executives know that. But really, do they have, do they really understand the what, the why, and the how, what the strategy is, why it's important? And then how they're going to execute it or how they fit into the execution. That really tends to be the, the, the key ingredients into um, a successful turnaround, having people really understand the what, the why, and the how. And that's not easy, but that's, that really is kind of the, the, the key three ingredients. Hmm. Well, what I find interesting, like actually taking the time to move it forward, which on paper seems obvious, but I, I wonder, and you could tell me from, you know, we, we talked about, uh, experience in youth in, in mm. the pre, in the pre-call, <laughs> but you know, what are those things that like, why is it harder than it seems? Is it because making the time between mm. the operational strategic, is it having the conversations when people aren't in the right seats or is it that people are focused on the wrong things or we're resistant to change if i've been doing this for a long time i need to move this metal manager over here and they don't like doing this new job like it should be obvious what are the gaps there and then how does the work you do now kind of help inform and bridge those gaps yep so unfortunately and i know you know this the answer to that question is yes all the above (laughs) but it's a matter of which pieces right but the kind of the the epicenter of at least in my experience of where I see this kind of I'll call it go south just to keep it easier go wrong is at the executive level where these strategies are written. There's a lot of organic knowledge that the people who create the strategy take for granted or, or assume that everybody else knows. There's kind of two ways to look at that, right? And that's where the seeds of challenge begin to grow because you've lived you know the, the challenges and because you've lived the planning process of working three years in the future or whatever. There's so much that you already understand that you think everybody else does, or you just forget that people don't. That's where all the other things that you talked about begin to kind of come apart. There's a lot of people who don't have that, what I'll call organic knowledge that you have. They may not have the skills to execute what you're talking about. And you, you as an executive might. So in a sense, there's almost like a bit of a chasm, I guess, between those that create the strategy and those that are expected to execute it. And that's really where it begins to go south. Then all the other things that you talked about, what I'll call is, are kind of the results of all that, begin to go wrong. Wrong people, wrong right, wrong people, right place, wrong message, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's where it all kind of goes. Cool. Well, I will ask, you know, well, actually I'll take away from the, one of the things I also heard was identifying the pieces, that getting that alignment piece is important. But if you don't identify the pieces that are going all of those yeses, that's kind of like the first step. And one of the things that I've seen is people move so fast trying to fix the problem. They don't identify the problem. And then I I made myself a nice little graph, which I don't normally do, which is this is the chasm of knowledge, uh, which is where uh, TM, where all the information just dies if it doesn't make it down there. But yeah, it's really true. That's a great way to put it. It really does kind of just disappear. It, It goes nowhere. Well, that, I mean, that was your example, TM for you. Well, yeah, you, you just you, you just made it a nice visual. <laughs> there we go. But can, our trade market. <laughs> that's what I said. It's all yours now. Can you, can you share an example without giving away any secret sauce yeah. of an experience that you were in where you know either it went well or it went yeah. poorly, and then how did you you know resolve it or 
you know, what were the yeah, kind of keys? So this one's so, um, I'll call it kind of esoteric that it, it, there's no way anyone could ever, could ever connect the dots because it could almost be any company in the world. <laughs> so there was one, it was probably a Fortune 10 company. And, and this is when I was acting as a strategy consultant, not a full-time turnaround person. Okay, so they, they brought us in because they had, they, at least they knew that there was a significant knowledge gap. And I mean significant. These five leaders of the company of a huge, 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 huge company had amazing financial capabilities. I mean, their, their financial acumen, I would say, were up there with the top professors at the top schools globally. And that's the stuff they loved, right? It was their comfort zone. And they really bet the company, the company's future on aligning people behind this, what I'll call financial strategy. It was entirely financial based. And, but I think they understood that, you know, there's a bit of a chasm. So they brought us in, utilized simulations to allow people to kind of what I'll call get their hands dirty, working in these really, really advanced financial theories. And I've got an MBA and I had to kind of go back and open up the books to go back to the stuff that they really wanted, I guess, considered general knowledge amongst their managers. And I'm talking down to like, senior managers, not even like just simple level, like director or above and complicated stuff. So they figured let's bring in a SIM and, and train thousands of people on these really advanced financial theories. It was a good idea. At least they understood the chasm was there, but their knowledge was so advanced that trying to bridge that chasm was really, really hard. I mean, we're talking about a major engineering feat of a bridge in a sense. So that's one that I wanted to bring up because their intentions were in the right place and their knowledge that there was a chasm was in the right place. But where they kind of fell short was getting people up to speed at that level was pretty much impossible. A lot of people gained a lot of great knowledge and learned a great kind of level of leadership because they combined it with financial acumen plus leadership. And leadership stuff was great. The, the financial stuff kind of fell short. Um, and that CEO ended up being replaced about two years later. Got that. Right. What I find interesting, thank you for sharing that. What I find interesting about it is it's not the lack of smarts that'll get right. you. Uh, exactly. It's so spot on. Right. And and these are arguably, you know, incredibly smart people, but it's yep. the, we call it the curse of knowledge. And I, when I walk into sessions and I talk to people about their like mission and they're like, yeah, you know what at the most intellectual level. And I joke and I say, yes, assume people are potatoes. Like, will they understand that thing you're trying to communicate to them yep. so that you can get them to, they can't understand the strategy. They can't do the strategy. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about <laughs> when you live in this stuff, it's just such common knowledge to you. It's like us, I'll call it breathing, just as an extreme example, a dramatic example. To them, this stuff's simple, but it, they kind of forget that it's, you know, not so simple for everybody. Yeah. Well, and that's really kind of, and it's funny because I've been, okay, let me back up. I've been fully guilty of this. So that's, that's an important point here, right? Where, you know, there was one of the companies that had this great marketing strategy in theory. <laughs> I guess it was great. I don't know. But anyway, and I'm trying to get people on board and I've miserably failed. And I'm, you know, I have no problems admitting, you know, when things haven't gone great. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That is exactly where I learned how I need to give people hands-on experience living a day as me five years from now to be able to get to where I need to go five years from now. And that's where the, that was kind of the epicenter of the, um, 
or genesis, we'll get fancy, the genesis of the idea of, hey, if I can kind of help people avoid the mistakes I've made, then I will go to bed happy at night. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable, to help your team grow and develop, or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and now let's get back into the episode. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, it's always cool to hear the genesis of an idea. Yeah, One of the right. things, and I want to ask you about the, the sim work. If people can't see a future, there's no way they're going to act on it. That's and, exactly right. So right. it's one of the reasons we say like, hey, don't do a five-year vision because most people can't think that far. But I, what I really loved is you're like, okay, I need to put people like into the future state and we use imagination, but dang, if you could like put like a VR headset and say, Hey, this is what our company is going to be at a billion dollars, like experience 30 people reporting to you, but tell me what does the SIM software do? What does it look like? And what are some lessons from it that our listeners can take that maybe they can apply today, uh, short of that technology? Yeah. So the to kind of emphasize what you just said, it really gets back to the the what, the why, and the how. The what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing. People can live that great, right? Because then they know where they're going. So you're you're absolutely spot on with that. Now, sims. Um, simulation, to back up a quick second, is a really fancy word for game. <laughs> right. I mean, it really is. And so what I do is I create business games that let people experience that with the the what, the why, and the how. Now they don't need to be fancy. And I wrote a book about utilizing games and learning, and it's called um, Shift Using Business Simulations in Serious Games. And it's a cheap, easy read on Amazon. It only takes a couple hours to read. It's nothing fancy. And the a, a big kind of thesis of that book is, A, you don't want to make them big because then it just becomes about the sim itself. And that's 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 pointless, right? That's just like web designers impressing web designers with fancy websites. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. So the average person, especially if they're if they're in the training and development division, they can create a sim. I mean, some of the best sims I've written, I've written sims for other very, very, very large leadership development companies, and we are both fans of paper-based sims. They don't need to necessarily be digital. The digital ones are great. Sometimes paper, you just outgrow it, and that's the way it is. But having um, in and I'll describe paper. Paper might be a 
very short sim, a very short, sorry, case study that has a sim component, which is you're simulating something that's going on in your business and then adding tools, something as simple as like, you know, I don't know, Google, uh, what's it called? The um, surveys, right? You've got a sim where that Google survey is attached to the to the paper-based sim, you combine the two and you have multiple rounds of discussion and, and, and input and discussion. You kind of, you know, look and see what the decisions were, learn from the mistakes and apply that back to more rounds. You've got a sim. They, they really don't need to be complicated. And as I said before, the complicated ones can be problematic. Can you so give me an example of what, of, that, of what the sim would be? Because I think I understood it, that you're using the form to source information, but what right. is this sim? Is it like a case study? Like, okay, this thing happens if this mm-hmm. then that kind of thing or yeah so let me let me give you a really clear tangible example of a paper-based sim that's incredibly easy to make so they're called branching stories you ever heard of branching stories uh i think so yeah so i'll remind you i'm sure you're gonna oh yeah i remember that because there there was kind of a day where there were these like adventure books you could choose your adventure yeah so that's a you know branching story It's it's a fancy term for choose your adventure book so you make one of those about your company so let's say your company has a real challenge with leading the organization as opposed to leading just self. Okay. So you make a, you make a really brief, really brief, like a page case study about that. And at the end, give them four choices, you know, A, B, C, D. Okay. And they select one of those choices and it takes them to another really quick, like half page, one page case that's based off the decisions that they made before. And you can do all this using SurveyMonkey, Google Survey, you know, there's all sorts of survey companies that'll do this, right? So mm-hmm. based on one answer, it takes you somewhere else. And then at the end of that, you get a score, okay? Everyone's going to have different scores. And the trick is you make it team-based. So you say you take 25 people, break them up into teams. Each of them do that sim because a branching story is a sim. And then they all compare scores and they all talk about it. What happened? what they learn? Why, you know, we're all from the same company. Why are we in different places? Why do we have different scores? What's the interpretation? What does all this mean? That's a sim. Does that kind of, is that a concrete example? Yes, absolutely. So my first university class ever was Introduction to Logic. It was a second year course and I failed it spectacularly as I did with many of my-, my <laughs> Which means you learn the most. Which is I learned a lot, but I actually really like it because I yeah. like math and math is generally, you can predict it if you understand yeah, right. how it works. And so right. basically- as a manager and as a leader, what I'm taking away from this, by the way, I love it. And I think people should check you out and do that after. But the the idea of conditional logic, if this, then that, that. if I fire an employee right now, what happens? If I keep the employee right now, what happens? And it sounds like a sim basically says, you have an underperforming employee or you have a high-performing employee, but he's super toxic to the culture. What do you do if this, then that, and then follow that through, but in a safe environment where leadership teams can have conversations around the if, thens, what's, how, why about how it might impact the strategy. Yeah, I get that? exactly. Now we don't, and I mean, in a once fun in a while way, we'll do one as simple as like the branching story, the, the kind of the standard sim, you know, we write them custom and, but I'm not really a huge fan of the custom. I think most of the time you can get away with them. I'm ready to go, but happy to write a custom because it's an intellectual challenge. The standard kind of sim that we write might have anywhere 80 to 110,000 equations in it. So they're a lot bigger than the branching story. But yeah. um, you don't always need those. I'm going to emphasize this again. Unless you've got really complex you know, situations, um, you, you just don't, you don't, you shouldn't go there unless you absolutely have to. Because it'll get in the way of the learning. 
Uh, obviously, don't over-engineer something. Yes. But, but what are your favorite sims to run with leadership teams? And if mm. that person is listening, like who's your ideal person to work with who you can help right. the most? I'm happy to give that plug to. <laughs> That's very nice of you. Thank you. So my favorite sims are going to fall into the emerging leader slash hypo uh, leadership development participant. I'll, I'll kind of go from the participant level. And the reason why is they're so excited to be there. They're so excited to learn and they're really enthusiastic about growing in the organization compared to when I do like an exec sim, you know, they're kind of like, I know everything and what are you going to teach me? It's a, it's a very different kind of a, a approach until they start using the sim and they realize that they're getting slapped yeah. around by the sim. Yeah, their know? ass is kicked. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Exactly. You're, uh, yeah, you're, that's exactly what I was thinking in terms of who I usually work with. I really prefer working with, in most cases, it's going to be the director of leadership development inside of a company. Like if an exec comes to me, say a chief operating officer or something, I'll say, great, looking forward to working with you, but can we include, I'll first go to the, the chief learning officer and then usually try to squirrel my way down to the, the um, director of leadership development because that's where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where we intersect between strategy and people. And it happens in leadership development. It is truly the best place to put these things. If they go outside of that, that's usually where they fail. Cool. I got that. I can try to do a quick two-minute summary of, of our right. conversations. Okay. So sure. one of the things I'm I'm taking away from this in in addition to kind of traditional strategy exercises, here's where we're going, here's why we want to go there, here's what we need to do. Being able to use various simulation exercises provide an immersive experience for people to get their hands dirty, but also to get ahead of any potential changes so that they can think outside of what they know while also experiencing a level of feedback for certain decisions such that they can kind of battle test their XYZ opportunity as they move forward through that strategy without having fundamentally taken a step so that whether you're a senior executive who doesn't know what they don't know and might uh, assume they know how the path is going to go or somebody kind of earlier stage of the journey who knows they don't know what they don't know that both of those groups can really like hone in on and get ahead of some of the important decisions they may have to make such that it can add resiliency and fun to strategy execution. Be your quick learn. It's very rare. Usually I have to, usually I have to spend a few days teaching people what these are because <laughs> they're, they're, they're ditch, right? So yeah, you, you nailed it. I think it's I think it's super cool. I think why it's important as a consultant, as somebody who works with a lot of teams, is people don't have those opportunities. And for a lot of people, those opportunities are very costly. And so to be able, and in a high, like a dynamic, high change world, I think being able to go through something like that is a breaks through the like clutter of like, let's read this book and do a book report on it, but just like helps in a fun way to like help bring faster minds and develop leadership. So I think it's really cool what you're doing, Bill. And I'm just grateful we got to chat. I would love to see more of it, but where can our listeners, viewers connect with you? Where can they learn more about um, what you do and potentially get engaged if uh, they want to work together? Sure. So again, I uh, can't, can't thank you enough for having me. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so simulationstudios.com, nice and easy. Kind of another division is strategicmindsetsplural.com. It's a division that does the ready-to-go stuff. Those are the two best places to go. That's where you can get the most info. I, I have lots of posting. You can do a search for Bill Hall, Forbes, lots of articles, because uh, I love writing. But again, thanks for having me. 
Awesome. It's my pleasure. And folks, as you think about it, if you're visualizing the, uh, what do we call it? Chasm of knowledge, TM, <laughs> uh, trademark Bill Hall, you know, there's an easy way, uh, easy air quotes, a simple way to bridge that, to help your teams make better decisions in an uncertain time. And so I encourage you to, whether it's going through a simulation like this, challenge your people to get outside of what they think they know to help them not only make better decisions to be more prepared because nobody likes to suck and nobody likes to fail. <laughs> so what can you put in place to help them be more successful? And uh, Bill, it sounds like you're doing that for some of the greatest organizations that we have around. So it's cool to hear. It's cool to see. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you. All right. Thanks much, Anthony. Folks, this has been the episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I want to thank Bill Hall, my guest today. Be sure to connect with him. Be sure to challenge your leadership team. And don't assume that everybody has what they need to cross that chasm of knowledge, because otherwise, uh, you know, pulling them out of there will be probably way more expensive than building a ladder or a bridge across. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.